Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Rewatchability. It's the show where we take a look at movies and TV shows we haven't seen in a while and see how they hold up today. I'm J.M. McNabb. I'm joined, as always, by... Robert Blake LaRonde. Okay. <laughs> and? And Blaine Robert Blake LaRonde Waters. Perfect. Wow. First of all, we are an E1 podcast on the E1 Podcast Network, and it's our Halloween episode. Yeah. We've got a, a special episode for you, I think. It's going to be fun. We're talking about a, a TV show. Whoa. Uh, which we have, which we don't do often. No. We haven't done it in a long time. No. We, we always say, we always say, like, we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up, and we just don't do the latter ever. And now, now we're, we're doing, doing it. it. We're making good. Finally, TV will get the respect it deserves. <laughs> um, before we get into it, I do want to thank everyone that donates to our Patreon. Uh, you can donate a few bucks a month. Helps keep the show going. If you go to patreon.com slash rewatchability, you know how Patreon works. Every, everyone has one. Mm-hmm. Every podcast, at least. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, but sincerely, thank you to all those who donate. It really is a huge help. Okay, Halloween time. Uh, Rob, this is where you can put in some like thunder and lightning and stormy sounds. Ah, I'm I'm scared already. I, I, <laughs> I meant with the computer. Rob. <laughs> I was just imagining them and terrified. Uh, we are going to talk about. It's a little different. We're not talking about a TV show in its entirety, but we are going to talk about. The Simpsons, we didn't have time to watch all (laughs) 30 goddamn whatever years of the show, but we did decide to watch the first nine episodes of the Treehouse of Horror Halloween episodes, because for me, like they were super formative in terms of like my, my Halloween pop culture consumption as a kid. I'm sure it was the same for you guys. Rob, what about you? When, what's your earliest memory of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes? Yeah, I remember always sort of watching them. I mean, as soon as we were allowed to watch Simpsons, because there was a period in time where Simpsons was like 
the big bad thing in America. Like George Bush was like talking about them and saying that Bart Simpson was not a very nice boy. So there was like this terror <laughs> or hysteria around the Simpsons in general. So like for a long time, we weren't allowed to watch it because it was like potentially actually evil or at mm. least would like make us disrespect our parents. So once like we were allowed to watch the Simpsons and it was just like a like a switch overnight just suddenly it was like okay and then on three times immediately after i came home from school i loved it and i loved the treehouse of horror episodes they were always like a big part of my enjoyment of it just because they stretched out the characters and the series in such like a you know interesting way and also like when i was a kid you know i didn't have that much of a knowledge of the sort of pop culture world of horror or TV sci-fi or mystery or any of that like spooky Halloween stuff that the uh, Treehouse of Horror sort of parodies so well. So it really like laid the groundwork for a lot of that stuff later. So when I would read about stuff like, you know, the devil and Daniel Webster, for example, I'd be like, oh, this is what The Simpsons was talking about. Like, I'm not even sure that I saw The Shining before I saw The Shining. So... That's how big the Treehouse of Horror was in, yeah, in the building of of pop culture mythos for me. What about you, Blaine? Uh, I'm the same way. It was a uh, it was a, a horror masterclass because I I think most things I had seen on The Simpsons before I saw them in movies, and then it almost it almost kind of primed you for the movie like you kind of knew what was going to happen so they weren't as scary but you could also watch them in a more i guess fun way for me cuz i loved watching the movies that like the i didn't watch the shining until really late <laughs> and it scared the hell out of me but it it like i recognized the things in it from the simpsons i mean everything you said rob was was definitely the same and and true for me i remember watching the treehouse of horror like out of season a lot because simpsons was on all the time and so they were always kind of my favorite episodes because they didn't have to adhere to like the simpsons family stuff or like homer gets a job or lisa you know was doing well in school and somehow that's a problem or something like they they got to really plug into pop culture in a way and that um yeah that was just so much fun so i uh, i think we chose really well for our last Halloween episode, this this is this was really really fun to go and rewatch, and I I should everyone should do the same thing. Really and fun. and Blaine, I seem to recall like you weren't like a huge Simpsons kid. Like for some of us, like the Simpsons are like the the decoder ring by which we like <laughs> see all of oh, life God. through like i mean like yes. for so many of us we speak in uh simpsons references and and right. you know uh, unpack real world important events like through the prism of of simpsons <laughs> memes and and things like that don't blame me we'll i voted for kodos yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like but you you were a fan of the Simpsons but you're not quite at that obsessive level. Uh, am I wrong? Yeah, like I watched it, I didn't s swim in it. I <laughs> you know, I I I liked it and I had friends who were obsessed like they had the the soundtrack or the, the the musical CD that had all the songs on it, and they'd make me listen to it ad nauseum and stuff. But I, uh, so I, I didn't love it as much as other people loved it. But I, I see its value, and I, I do like the Treehouse of Horror episodes the most. I think of mm. all the Simpsons. So this was a real treat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm kind of like the same as you guys. I I mean, 
I loved the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Some of those early ones, like there is nothing more nostalgic or nothing that feels more like Halloweeny at its core than like watching a Treehouse of Horror because it just because I watched it for so many years. Like I watched a lot of them when they came on TV when I was a kid, and then it's such a you know, smart, funny show that appeals to you even as you grow up. So like you would revisit them and get references and jokes that you didn't get as a kid. So like I've seen these episodes over and over again, though I have to admit, I haven't seen them in a little while. Like I haven't as, as big as the Simpsons was for me, uh, when I was younger, I haven't rewatched a lot of it recently, which is crazy because it's all on Disney plus now. Like you can, literally watch right. any episode and I, I, although i, I, I did cry. do a, a big rewatch a little while ago so i don't know what i'm talking about but i, I guess i skipped the halloween ones because you know it needs to be halloween time <laughs> to watch them I, I would not watch these in like yeah. april or something yeah what i noticed though what was so fascinating too is that it kind of felt like it was a simpsons history like watching it you saw the simpsons grow up yeah like before <laughs> well, not eyes, grow up because <laughs> we watched n- yeah, or not grow up, but like the show grow up, and and we watched nine episodes of first Treehouse of Horror to, to the um, season ten right. episode nine of Treehouse of Horror, and each tackled three, and it it was just really interesting to to see the animation grow up and to see the jokes really flourish later on. Yeah, the evolution. Yeah. Um. So I I yeah it was it was a real treat. So should we get into the kind of describing some of them because i think jam you watched the first three rob you yeah. watched the next three and i watched the last three. yeah so we we each watched three and then we also kind of like watched i think we watched most of them but we each watched three to make sure so i i watched the first three so the first treehouse of horror episode is in the second season not the first season wow yeah <laughs> wrap your mind around that <laughs> Uh, and that's the one where like the sort of framing device is like, they are in the actual tree house, which is how it, you know, gets its name really. And, uh, the three stories are the first one is bad dream house. That's the one that's kind of like an Amityville horror parody Mm. where they, they get the super, the Simpsons move into a super cheap house that's haunted and evil. And built on a on an indigenous burial ground, of course. <laughs> the second episode is uh, "Hungry Are the Damned," which is like the Twilight Zone to serve man parody with uh, with the introduction of Kang and Kodos, right. who would come to be in every uh, every Treehouse of Horror episode from there on, and a, a real episode. Did you guys? I mean, this was more recent. I don't know if you guys saw that. What? Yeah, there was an episode like a few years ago where uh, (laughs) where the Simpsons go to Kang and Kodos's planet and uh, and and visit them and meet them in a non-Halloween episode. It's really lost its way, man. (laughs) It did feel like like I looked up. I I think I watched it at the time just because people were talking about it. And I, but I couldn't really remember what happened, so I looked up the IMDb, and the reviews were like one star, <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so but the, but this was the introduction of Kang and Kodos, and uh, and it's a great bit. Oh yeah. And then the third one is is the Raven, which is the you know the Edgar Allan Poe story, but told with Homer and Bart. 
And that's yeah, that's what, it. What, yeah. What really struck me about that one was that they just really went through the poem. There wasn't anything too much added to it. Like there was a few frightening things, but or like a few like Simpsons esque things, but it was really few and far between. Like they just kind of animated the poem, which yeah. I thought was well. Really they credit cool. him. They, he gets like a co writing credit, Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the episode, uh, which is I'm nice. I'm sure it looks yeah. better on the Simpsons writing yeah. room than it does to Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> but that is one of the like really great ones the the raven one i mean i feel like that that one sort of like Mm -hmm. elevates everything uh you know because it's it's risky because it doesn't try to necessarily be funny it's you know it's just what it is yeah and that's that definitely we're you know i'm sure we're going to talk a lot about things that we didn't know about before we saw the simpsons parody in, in in these episodes and Definitely, like, Poe and that story was that here. Like, I did not know who Edgar Allan Poe was. I did not know the Raven before I saw this at, you know, seven years old or whatever it was. So that's that. I mean, it's a little, like, uh, clunkier in terms of, like, the style of the show, especially, like you said, when you watch several years in a row and see how they develop. But I will say, like, it was really funny. Like, uh, you watch the... If you watch the first season of the show, which admittedly I haven't done in a while, like it hasn't quite found its groove. Like it's a little more uh, grounded in reality and a little more uh, of like a, just an animated sitcom in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they they don't mm-hmm. break the break the reality of the show or go too meta right away. But I, I and the second season, you know, expands a little bit and evolves a little bit. And I will say, like there, yeah, that that episode, I think does have like some pretty funny jokes in it especially i think my favorite probably is the king and kodos one i think that like how to cook 40 humans <laughs> how to cook four 40 humans that's all great yeah um uh, yeah and and like i think both of those stories are that the simpsons are their worst their own worst enemy too which i really like as like a theme almost throughout the show <laughs> where the house like collapses in on itself because it just doesn't want to house the Simpsons anymore because they're so annoying. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, and they could have lived in a utopia if they didn't just distrust these aliens. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it's even consistent for their characters. Like even in the non Halloween episodes, like that's sort of still who they are. Like they don't become like these, you know, wacky extensions of themselves. They're still like grounded in their, in their characters, which I think is really, really great. I think those are my favorite mm-hmm. Treehouse of Horror segments are the ones where they still feel very grounded in The Simpsons. Yeah. Like less like the parodies where they're kind of inhabiting other characters or, or really, you know, going in a different direction. I do like that that core idea that it's it's The Simpsons that we know, but, you know, they're in a, a, an unusual situation. Uh, okay. So number two, Treehouse of Horror 2, uh, the sort of framing device is they eat too much candy. And I'll have nightmares, mm-hmm. right. which I realize now is always in the back of my mind whenever I like eat junk food or candy <laughs> or something late at night and have the fear that I might have nightmares. I don't even know if that's a thing in real yeah. life, but I think that's like hardwired into my brain because of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Is that a real thing? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard of cheese yeah, dreams. Welsh rarebit. That- yeah, I think dairy. Yeah, dairy is a thing. But anyway, so the episodes in this one, Lisa's Nightmare is the monkey's paw one. Mm-hmm. The monkey's which paw. Which is great. so good. Love that. Uh, 
Bart's nightmare is like the parody of the Twilight Zone. It's a good life. They almost all have Twilight Zone <laughs> episode ripoffs in these first few years, where where you know Bart can can do anything and control anything. He's like the has right. the godlike powers of the little boy in that Twilight Zone episode. He turns Homer into the Jack in the Box. It's sort of a perfect fit, though, right? Like you know the character of Bart as he was, he, as he was sort of imagined at that point is like, you know, such like, it's really delicious to sort of give him all that power. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My, my favorite part of that one might be that uh, that Otto forgets. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh yeah, you're the little gnarly dude with all those powers. <laughs> it's great. And then the last one is Homer's Nightmare, which is sort of where uh, Mr. Burns is like Dr. Frankenstein and uh, thinks Homer is a corpse and uses his brain for the uh, the kind of robot creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's okay. It's still pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Did you guys, you guys watch this yeah, one? Yeah, my favorite bit from the uh, Monkey's Paw one is the Frogert bit. That uh, I mean, that's one of my all-time favorite Simpsons bits. It's just so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free Frogut. That's good. The Frogut is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? <laughs> the sprinkles contain potassium benzoate. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad <laughs> yeah i mean that the whole thing is is great i mean like if we wanted to pick apart it from a modern standpoint like you could say oh, yeah. the, the green-skinned asian shopkeeper is is not up to today today's standards but in the yeah, context of that this feels like it was yeah it feels like it was making fun of the uh yeah the, the I, th- I think so of uh buying yeah, trinkets from I, mysterious asian people <laughs> i agree it happens a couple times in the tree houses of horror. There's another time where it happens too, in like the Middle East or in America. Well, it's in the monkey's paw one, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same episode. <laughs> they love old Asian people selling trinkets, and they also love indigenous burial grounds. Yes, yes, <laughs> true. Yeah. The next episode, Treehouse of Horror three, the framing devices. It's like a Halloween party at the Simpson house. Uh, Bart's dressed as uh, Alex from A Clockwork Orange, uh, and the first episode is Clown Without Pity. That's the one with the evil crusty right. doll, which again is kind of a Twilight Zone riff or Chucky. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the movie. Yeah, totally. But there also there was a Twilight Zone episode with like an evil doll, uh, and I, th- oh, I think it was okay. like Telly Savalas or something. <laughs> uh, no, not as the doll, as the as the human. Oh. Uh, this episode, I mean, this is a great episode, or that's a great story and a, and a good segment, and it's got a lot of funny stuff in it. I will say it has the worst joke I think in the history of the Simpsons, or at least like the meanest joke for no reason that I even remember as a kid like <laughs> finding unpleasant. Like I remember as a kid thinking like, is there something I'm not getting? And then just realizing like, no, this is really mean. And it's the joke where Homer goes to the bottomless pit to throw Krusty into it. And then the mafia comes and they dump a body into the bottomless pit. And then a guy comes with a box and says, 
I was a fool to think anyone would want nude photos of oh, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. And then he oh, throws yeah. them, in the, and then the pit throws them back. It's just so unnecessarily mean and not funny. And yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. It does seem really mean. It just yeah, seemed like a punch like, down. Yeah, possibly like a little bit racist. Well, that is the like the kind of maybe this is. Less present in the show itself. Well, no, I think it still is. But like, I was listening to some of the commentaries of of some of these episodes, like the DVD commentaries. And it's like, oh yeah, it is. It's just a show that, like, for a long time, was just written by like super wealthy Ivy League white guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely. Uh, and then the next episode is, or the next segment is the King Kong one. Classic. King Homer. Better than the Peter Jackson uh, King Kong, the f- I'd like to say. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and the last one is Dial Z for Zombies, or Z for Zombies, as we would say here, which is just kind of like a generic zombie story, uh, which is uh, which is iconic. It's an iconic story. Uh, Bart with the uh, the Michael Jackson record on his head. <laughs> You and know, the occult section in the library. Die Zombie Shakespeare is one of my favorite uh, yeah. lines in literature. Oh, yeah. That was bandied. That was, that was bandied about at school a lot anytime Shakespeare was brought up. But why uh, would Shakespeare's right. body be in North America, in Springfield? Did Shakespeare's corpse wake up in England, swim across the ocean? It just doesn't make any sense. I remember thinking that as a kid. <laughs> I, I, I literally zombie do. Zombie Shakespeare <laughs> likes to dig, you know? He likes to dig. I accept zombie George Washington. That's one thing. <laughs> so those are the first three episodes. Good ones. Good ones. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good. Wh- which one was your favorite jam of, of the three? Uh, if you had to choose. And that's you do. a good question. Hmm, I do. Uh, <laughs> probably the second one. Oh, okay. I think... I think I like the uh, I like the monkey's paw one a yeah. lot. I don't like I like the King Kong one, but I still have that reaction where like it doesn't feel Halloweeny to me. Like it doesn't feel like I like the ones that really like wade into yeah. horror and have like the twist um, or so, something. Yeah, you know it was funny like rewatching them now. Like the thing that I thought, uh, like obviously, like at a certain point. A lot of us stopped watching The Simpsons, which I, what? I don't want to like. I don't want to like crap on the show for going on for so long because I think it's great. And you know what? Kids now, like, if they're watching The Simpsons, like this era of The Simpsons will be their era, right? But uh, so I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that, like you know complains about the quality of the show or anything because I, I mostly don't watch it. But I, I will say, like, there was a certain point where I stopped watching the show and I stopped watching the Halloween episodes. And there was a point where I was watching the Halloween episodes and I didn't think they were very good. But when I was going back and actually watching these early episodes, uh, thinking about it a bit more critically, I did realize that those complaints I had about later Treehouse of Horror episodes were very much still present in these early batch of episodes. Mm-hmm. Like it was always a thing. Like the kind of two things that I didn't like were when segments were. Uh, not horror when it just seemed to become like the show wanted to do something out of the sort of reality of, of the Springfield universe. And they just used Halloween as an excuse to do it. And the second would be when they just do like a very direct parody of something. And I realized that that 
because like I like I remember one year they did like a Harry Potter one. It's just it's like really, but that I mean that was something they did all along. Like the King Kong one. Like you know we're going to talk about the Shining in a minute. Like that's so so was baked into the concept of the Treehouse of Horror episodes from the very yeah. start. That I don't think those complaints. Uh, those complaints I thought I had don't really uh, hold up like I thought. I I like some of the parodies, even when they don't, you know, even when they're not really innovative or funny. I I just like the idea of the Simpsons as this, like, you know, theater troupe who is replaying these stories in some cases. Like, it's it's fun, and they're, like, performers that I like, so it's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I think a lot of, there's the, the kind of myth that I believed until I saw these Treehouse of Horrors, Conan O'Brien came along, started writing for them in the third or fourth season, and was like, this is a cartoon. We can do anything. We can go anywhere. We can make these characters anything, and really opened up the show so, so Homer Simpson could go in, into space with his inanimate carbon rod and stuff. And this this is like, no, they were already doing that. The Treehouse of Horror episodes, they were already... Um, putting these characters into crazy situations and uh, making them making the Simpsons like do crazy things, and then it would all be erased for the next episode. Like they were already kind of doing that, so it it kind of it kind of feels disingenuous now that Conan was this like savior of the Simpsons. He wrote some really funny episodes, but like I think they were already on their way to doing what they did when he was there anyway. Yeah, I mean, I do know, like, when he wrote, his first episode he wrote, I think, was the monorail <laughs> one. And that was definitely, like, taking it to a sur- an absurd, yeah. surreal place that they maybe right. hadn't, like, committed a- an entire yeah. show to. Like, the idea of, like, having an absurd premise and having that be the plot that dictates yeah. everything that happens. I don't know if they'd done. But you're right. And, you know, like, he really wasn't... Unless I'm wrong, he, I don't think he was on the show for as long as people tend to think because he came on, I think, in the fifth season. And then in, I think, the sixth season Halloween episode, he's credited as a producer. And I think he wrote one of the episodes, but his credit, like with the scary Halloween nickname, is like Conan, like, watch at 1230 <laughs> on NBC or something, <laughs> O'Brien, because he'd already gotten his talk show like a year later or right. something. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have the next batch. Probably considered the best batch of uh, Treehouses of Horror. You can challenge me on that. Uh, And it starts with Treehouse of Horror 1V, or 4, if you uh, don't speak Roman numerals (laughs) or Zeppelin albums. Uh, And this one is sort of like framed in a art gallery. I think it's sort of a reference to a show called Night Gallery that JM probably knows better than I do. No? Yeah, well, Night Gallery was like (laughs) the show that Rod Serling did after The Twilight Zone. In in the seventies, uh, okay. and it was not as good, but there are some some good episodes. But that it would be the same framing device where he would come out and like talk about a <laughs> painting, and then they'd do the story. I got stuck at the AGO. <laughs> Help! <laughs> uh, yeah, and so this one it starts with the devil and Homer Simpson, which is a really great uh, bit where. Uh, Homer sells his soul for a donut, and you know he he tries to uh, screw over the devil, who is Ned Flanders, of course, by not eating, not finishing the donut. But then, of course, in the middle of the night, he goes down to the fridge and finishes it, and then he owes Ned his soul. And there's this big court trial, a la the Devil and Daniel Webster. They got Nixon in there before he died. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, just a preview for what Trump has uh, coming up for him, being the butt of uh, every joke. 
I, I do love that joke though. <laughs> it's like, but I'm not dead yet. It's like I did a favor for you. <laughs> yes, so master. good, so good. <laughs> yeah, and of course the uh, the result is that um, Homer Simpson doesn't have to give his soul because he promised it to Marge on their wedding night. And it's sort of like sweet, but also at the end, his head turns into a giant donut. So it has that like, you know, that uh, nice end twist that is, uh, you know, really, really sweet. And I and I love that because it's classic Simpsons. And this is why I like the Simpsons over something like Family Guy, for instance, because it does have at core at, at its core like that sweetness to it. That's the that donut head. The characters do love each other at the end of the day. And that's the <laughs> and, and it has a donut head. So you yeah, can't not like the next that. one is the terror at five and a half feet. The terror at uh, how many feet is it? Thirty thousand. In the original, it's uh, twenty thousand. Twenty thousand, right? Uh, nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Yeah, and that is yeah. you know Bart sees the gremlin on the school bus, but nobody believes him, and everybody you know thinks that he's crazy. But uh, then the sort of bus crashes, and they find out that he wasn't lying, but. He he was being unruly, so they still send them to the uh, madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which and, and the original is one of the greatest Twilight Zone episodes, starring William Shatner. That's William right, Shatner, Can- Canada's That's son. Right. Yeah. yeah, and they redid it for the movie, right? Yeah, with that. John yeah, Lithgow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. George Miller. There's a thing yeah. on the way. Yeah, that was that was a really great episode. One line that made me laugh, just because like I wasn't expecting it, was like. Bart is trying to convince everyone that he sees this gremlin and nobody believes him. And Ralph just says, you're deceptive. (laughs) (laughs) I also, one joke I remember I never got when I was a kid that at a certain point when I was older, I got was that when, (laughs) when uh, Bart tells Otto that there's a gremlin on the side (laughs) and (laughs) Otto runs that car (laughs) off the road, that it's the AMC gremlin, that that's the name of the car is, is the gremlin. Like, I don't know when it's from, but but that was definitely like I just thought it was funny because he <laughs> ran an old man off the road. I didn't get that it was a, a hyper specific reference. Psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one of this is the Dracula parody, uh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula parody, where Mister Burns is Dracula and he um, bites Bart, and so they have to kill Mister Burns to sort of turn him back. But it turns out that Mr. Burns wasn't, in fact, the head vampire. Marge was the head vampire. Happy Halloween. Damn. And that one's, (laughs) you know, uh, it's a pretty straight parody of uh, the sort of, you know, Brad Soper's Dracula. So I don't know. It's not as, uh, it has some good, it has some good gags, but it doesn't, uh, not one of my favorite ones, I don't think. Yeah, I remember, like, again, I don't want to just, have this episode be Simpson quotes, but like, I remember being a kid and being like on the schoolyard and quoting to friends, like dad, that's his crotch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic one. (laughs) And it's still funny. Like any joke that works that well for a kid and still works, you know, 30 years later for the same person as, as a guy in his late thirties, like that's pretty great. That's a good one. Okay. And then, so Treehouse of horror five, uh, this one doesn't have a framing device, I don't think. Um, they sort of stopped doing the framing uh, segments. But it starts off with uh, you know a classic uh, that we already mentioned, The Shinning, which is the parody of The Shining. Homer Simpson gets to, you know, uh, has to be the caretaker at Burns' mansion, and he takes away all the booze and the TV. And so 
Almost instantly, of course, Homer goes crazy. And there are, like, you know, a ton of classic gags in this, uh, namely the no TV, no beer, make Homer go something, something. So, so good. Hello! What do you think, Marge? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer, make Homer something, something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Don't mind if I do! I also love Mo yeah, as, uh, as the ghost bartender. You know how I was talking before about how like The Simpsons is very much like how how people of a certain generation like understand the universe like uh, or how we are able to digest the news is like through references Mm -hmm. to the simpsons i remember even just recently when like trump was was airlifted to the hospital for the virus he contracted (laughs) because of his own dumb actions like he issued one of those tweets where it was like i'm feeling great or you know something something crazy and uh like my timeline on twitter was just filled with jpegs of the typewriter in the shinning saying feeling fine (laughs) yeah feeling fine yeah yeah uh yeah that's a classic one and then after the shinning it was the sound of thunder one the time oh yeah that's right yeah the time travel one yeah and so basically homer breaks the toaster and he has to uh he fixes it and inadvertently (laughs) invents time travel this is so iconic, too. It's so great. Yeah. And he goes back in time and, uh, you know, he butterflies affects everything into uh, into craziness. You know, he <laughs> steps on a fish and then everybody, all the kids are like 50 feet tall in the other one. Everybody is like a slave to Ned Flanders, who's some sort of like, you know, dystopian fascist dictator. And then there's another one where everything seems like it's perfect. It's like a utopia but uh, there doesn't seem to be any donuts, so Homer leaves. But then, of course, it starts raining donuts, which still frustrates me to this day. Oh, it's God. so hard Wait, to why? Watch. Could have had it. <laughs> <laughs> Could have had Utopia. They ran away. Yeah, yeah. I just love the line, like, "Oh, look, it's raining." Yeah, <laughs> like it's <laughs> it, that actress says it, like she knows it. It's so great. It reminds it's me so of uh, remember that episode or the show uh, Sliders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like one episode of Sliders because they're always trying to get home to their home uh, parallel dimension, and uh, they they get to one world, and Jerry O'Connell like tries the gate to his house. He's like, "This gate always had a squeak. I'll know for sure if we're home." And he tries the gate, and it doesn't squeak. He's like, "Okay, let's go." And they all hop in the wormhole, and then like his mom comes <laughs> out of the house with a handyman, and he's like, "Well, I got rid of that squeak for you." <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Uh, it's like this can't be our reality. Donald Trump is president. <laughs> right, yeah. Which, you know, speaking of this, like this was inspired by the Ray Bradbury story, A Sound of Thunder. I think that Flanders thing was basically the end of the right. story. Like where they he steps oh, on the wow. butterfly after traveling back in time and then comes back and there's like a authoritarian fascist uh, ruler mm. in the future he goes back to. Mm-hmm. And the final one is the uh, Nightmare Cafeteria one where, I mean, basically they uh, 
they're running out of funds, and also they have overflowing detention. So they decide to soil and green all of these kids and start like feeding them to the other kids. And you know, it's very scary. I like at one point, you know, Bart, Lisa, and Millhouse are being cornered in front of like this giant blender and Millhouse goes into the blender and becomes meat pulp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my favorite uh, f- favorite scenes too where it's like Millhouse and the two Simpsons kids and he looks up at the front of the class and sees Krabappel reading the book on how to cook him and he's like we don't know who's going to be next we should all make a break for him. yeah <laughs> it's so yeah. great there's also there's there's a part in that episode where Bart and Lisa go to Marge and say like and ask for her help and she's like you know you're getting older like you need to fight your own battles uh that like that is almost the scariest part of the episode for me cuz it almost feels like nightmare yeah. logic where like <laughs> Where, like, you you know, you speak to someone you know about something terrifying and they give you an answer that is, makes no sense, but it makes sense in the dream or something. Like, there's something creepy about that, but it's also mm-hmm. very funny. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing about all these, uh, all the episodes in this, while there isn't a framing device, they all are interconnected by Willie, who <laughs> gets an axe to the back in each segment by different people. <laughs> Willie just That's has great. no luck. They, he's uh, the fodder really. for, for, for the worst uh, treatment, as we'll find out in some other ones coming up. Because Street House of Horror 6, this is where I feel like the quality starts to like go down a little bit. Like we reach peak I agree, House of yeah. Horror. So this one starts with the attack of the 50-foot eyesores, which is where Homer wants a colossal donut. And uh, there's some sort of ion storm or something. And anyway, the giant mascots all come to life and start to wreak havoc on Springfield. And uh, at the end, you know, in order to, to defeat these creatures, they go to the advertising agency and they sort of write a song, a jingle, which Paul Anka sings. And uh, this convinces all the townspeople to not look and the, the monsters die. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. You got Paul Anka in there and, uh, he's, you know, the song is no my way, but it's, you know, it's okay. <laughs> the kids, if there was, if there's one thing the kids love is Paul Anka. Do you remember when he did that covers album and he did like smells like teen spirit and black hole sun? <laughs> I do. I had that album. No, yeah. That's awesome. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I like it. I like it. That's why I brought it up. Check it yeah. out. <laughs> So that one's that one's kind of fun. One one moment I liked was where Bart there's like a, a giant devil mascot and Bart is on the devil mascot's shoulder whispering into his ear, like the literal devil on the devil's shoulder. That's very good. So next one after that is the Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. And this is a pretty obvious Nightmare on Elm Street riff with groundskeeper Willie as the Freddy Krueger character and this is what i mean when you know i say willie is the fodder for the most punishment like he gets lit on fire and he like runs into the uh, gym where they're having like a pta meeting or something like that and he's like ah help me help me and they're like willie mr van houten has the floor (laughs) and then he just sits down and burns to death it's horrific (laughs) it's terrifying but also kind of funny. 
And it's, it's also like, it's a disposable, it's a silly Nightmare on Elm Street parody. Like, it's not the show necessarily working at its best, mm-hmm. but it's permeated our lives in this way. Like, I, I can't even count how many people have said to me in my life, lousy, smarch weather. Yeah, exactly. That's from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a weird throwaway joke, too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. That's like, yeah, it doesn't do anything interesting with the material. It just sort of like lets it sort of, you know, exist in the Simpsons universe. And then the third one is a little bit different. This is Homer 3, uh, Homer uh, Cubed, I guess. And this is <laughs> this is the one where Homer... You know, he, Patty and Selma are coming over, and so he tries to hide, and he hides behind a bookshelf and finds a portal to another dimension, a third dimension. And basically, he's like in a 3D Studios demo. It's like there's like the grid on the ground, there's the X, Y, and Z coordinates, and a bunch of like primitive geometrical shapes, and it is freaking him the fuck out. Uh, I remember this being so crazy at the time, though. Being like, oh my god, the Simpsons are in 3D. And even the promos for this episode, I, I just remember over and over again on Fox being like, Simpsons in 3D, catch it in 3D. Yeah, they try to make it a really big deal. But I find the episode itself is like kind of underwhelming. They're like very much like, hey, check it out, Homer's 3D. Ah. But, it, but it was a big deal at the time, and it was like super expensive. Like It was hard for them to wrangle the money out of Fox to even do this type of animation at the time. And mm-hmm. I read that one of the reasons why they were doing it was because they had been for a long time considering doing a Simpsons movie and they Mm -hmm. would ultimately do one years later. But like one of their thoughts at the time was like, if we do one, do we do a a 3d animation version? So they said this was kind of like dipping their toe into 3d animation to see if they could do a feature that way. I mean, it does kind of feel like an animation test in a way. Like it does seem like, you know, they hired somebody to do like a demo and they're like, yeah, this is what Homer Simpson would be like in 3d space, you know? But the one part that I do think is really cool, I do love the when he gets sort of sucked into the real world and 3D Homer is in the real world. And it's just like, I don't know, it's such like a weird, uncanny scene. You know, he's he's there, he's filling like the real world space. People are looking at him confused. <laughs> and I, the cinematography of it, like it, it's really sort of quaint and he goes into that like erotic cake shop. And uh, I don't know. It's a perfect little. It's a perfect little exit to to that episode. Um, and uh, they they weren't sure if they could do that with animation. They were considering putting Dan Castellaneta in a like a Homer costume for that at one point. Oh man! Oh, wow, that would look bad. Yeah, I mean, it looks bad anyway. But it would have looked worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 this episode for me, like is one of the most memorable of the Treehouse of Horror episodes just because it's different and and I think my you know kid mind remembered differences and um but it was probably the most disappointing one on on rewatch just because it didn't have many jokes like there was maybe like three or four throughout it it, it really didn't feel like they were going for laughs on it it felt like they were just showing off their 
fancy new computer mm-hmm. company that they hired. Well, and there was this. also a, like a shift in the animation too at this point. Like I feel like maybe they changed studios. In the Nightmare on Elm Street parody, they start with a, a different animation style, like an animation style that's like a dream. So it does seem like they are like showing off some new toys. Yeah, like I, I I wasn't sure even like how much of this was like real stuff that was happening and how much of it was like me as a kid like getting older like becoming a preteen as this was happening <laughs> like is this you know something measurable in the show's difference because I do think it like I get a very different vibe from the Shinning episode that we just talked about and this episode uh like there's something just that feels different about the show. I don't know if it is like a different animation style or, or something quantifiable like that, but it is different. Um, two things I did want to say about this one. One, uh, the central premise is again from a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about like a, a little girl who just like vanishes in her bedroom and they can hear her talking, but they, they don't know where she is. And she like went to the fourth dimension or whatever. Ooh. Uh and two, I just personally, I was very blown away as a kid by the mist reference <laughs> because I loved mist when I was a kid and it wasn't right. referenced that much in pop culture that I remember. So like when Homer walks past like the library for mist and they start playing the music, that was a big deal for me because <laughs> I, because I was a huge loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Blaine, you have the last three that we that we covered. I do, I do. So, bring us home. The uh, bring us homer with lots of candy. Right? They do puns on every episode. I was. Just, okay. I don't get it. I'm moving on. Uh, Treehouse of Horror number seven. The it starts out with the thing and I, and um, it's about Bart's twin Hugo, right? Who they feed fish heads to in the attic. And the doctor comes in and finds Hugo trying to sew him and Bart back together to be Siamese twins again. Turns out the Simpsons had like had these Siamese okay, twins. Okay, Blaine, that's offensive. They're Lisa, called yeah, joined twins. Lisa points that out. Lisa points that out. <laughs> okay, I was about right. to get there. <laughs> you know what's weird is like you see sometimes like the hose connector for, for firefighters and it says Siamese connector if there's two. Like how have we not moved past yeah. that? in 2020 <laughs> like really like uh, um, um, yeah if, if you just said conjoined connector or whatever the fire department would be like well i don't know what that is i guess that building's burning down <laughs> is it from siam or not um, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they build the best ones and there's the only ones i'm using is that is that why it's, is that why it's called the thing and i because of like siamese twins siam oh maybe <laughs> yeah okay it might be all right um and then the second one the second one is kind of my favorite oh I wait think. wait before oh, you get to that I, I do just want to say like do you guys think that the movie us is kind of like that first segment oh wait the first segment of like the thing yeah because it's like bart's got this doppelganger who like hasn't gotten the oh, life that he has yeah and then spoilers, spoilers for yeah. us but like at the yeah. end you realize that like bart was really the evil one the whole time yeah 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 that's really good because like I, I was like oh i saw it coming but obviously because i've seen this before but i think it was from us yeah like, I think that's <laughs> what it was from um <laughs> And then um, the next one is the Genesis tub, uh, and it's uh, where Lisa from her molar creates like a, a petri dish, dish civilization. 
And this one was my favorite one. It's a good one. I thought this one was so fun and imaginative, and I'm sure it's a Republican. It's a Twilight Zone episode (laughs) again. It is. Okay, Okay, sweet. But I I just loved it, and there's a line in it where uh, Lisa says, like, this is great. You worship me and you speak English. And the guy goes, yes, we learned to imitate you exactly. And I just, (laughs) I don't know why that had me rolling on the floor, but I I can get on. And then the last uh, of this of this triptych is, uh, is Citizen Kang, yes. where it gave me horrible anxiety just watching this. <laughs> uh, because uh, this episode is going to come out before the uh, United States election, and this this part of uh, Treehouse Four Hundred Seven is about the Clinton Dole election, and Kang and Kodos take over their bodies. Or uh, get a skin suit of, of both Dole and Clinton, and then go and and uh, and take over the United States in a very believable manner that was that was parody back then, and now just seems wholly believable. <laughs> like I will destroy you. Okay, I guess I'm going to vote for Trump. That's great. He's going to destroy us. That's, uh... I, for one, welcome our so new anyway. alien overlords. <laughs> yeah, exactly, ladies and gentlemen. 73-year-old candidate, Bob Dole. Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. Fooling these Earth voters is easier than expected. Yes, all they want to hear are bland pleasantries embellished by an occasional saxophone solo or infant kiss. You know, it's funny because I was reading a bit about these episodes and like they were saying that they were worried about this one being the most dated because they were actually like, you know, referencing the specific election and the specific candidates. But in a way, out of all of these, it's the most like referenced one or the you know like you see Mm -hmm. like people put up like i voted for kodos like political signs on their lawns yeah and even just like i i say all the time we're merely exchanging long protein strands like it it (laughs) is a, a thing that has lived past that uh that specific cultural moment well the kodos thing in particular like i think that became a very powerful symbol of the fact that People are less than pleased with having to choose the lesser of two evils all the time. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, this year seems a bit different since one of them is clearly evil. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you speak about Biden that way? Come on. I mean, you know, my dad is a little bit like crazy and religious, and he used to tell me about like the book of Revelations and how the world was going to end, and like... I sometimes with Trump, I'm like, yeah, this sounds like it, man. You know, I'm like, geez, man. He's holding the Bible upside down, and you're just like, that's, he's I the mean, Antichrist. That's he's literally the Antichrist. <laughs> Go back and watch the Omen. I think it's little Donald Trump <laughs> or Big it's Sam Neil. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens in one of those movies. He becomes like a senator or something, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's such a great episode. And, yeah, also very, like, it still feels very uh, prescient. 
Well, there was, there is also like talking about like the politics of it. And like, even when they're outed as aliens, they're like, it's a two party system. You have to vote for one of us. <laughs> Ross uh, Perot punches his hat. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, was yeah. that part? Cause it, you know, they snip out certain scenes for time in, in the syndicated runs. And I didn't remember that shot of Ross Perot punching his hat. Like, do you guys remember that from, from syndication? Am no, I wrong or sure. was that cut out? I'm not sure. I'm I don't. Not sure. This isn't for this episode, but one scene that I didn't remember from syndication from the episode with the 50 foot mascots was Chief Wiggum shoots a very tall person, and it's like, that was the head of the high school basketball team. Yeah. It's just like this person lying dead. Uh, no, yeah. I. I remember that joke, but that is a dark joke. So dark. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the Wikipedia for this episode, it says that the little ships attacking Bart's face were the first time that they used computer animation, and they traced over the computer animated models in order to animate it. But that has to be patently false because of the 3D Homer episode. So, fuck you, Wikipedia. <laughs> That's why you can't use it on an essay. <laughs> so episode Trio War Eight starts with Omega Man, where Homer Simpson. This is Twilight Zone too. No, no, it's this the is Omega the Omega Man. Man. Though to be fair, Sh- shit, the Omega <laughs> Man is based on I Am Legend by Richard Matheson, who mm-hmm. wrote for the Twilight Zone and wrote many of the episodes that we've talked about. So, like the glasses episode where it falls off his face when he wants to read. No, did he do that one? Uh, that, but, what, that's what this felt like. But he did do some of the ones we just talked about, like Little Girl Lost and Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet and stuff. So. All right. So it kind okay. of is, so but uh, but it's well, very specifically almost exactly the title of another movie <laughs> that you could have looked up. <laughs> no, I think mine is better. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on. Uh, say you know both sides are right. So Homer uh, so Simpson is alone after a nuclear holocaust. There's zombies. It's it's very much like that movie. I can't think of the title, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a good one. They. There's a lot of sensor changes in this episode. One of them was Homer dancing naked on the on the altar. And they were like, you can't have that. That's sacrilegious. Mm. But he can be dancing naked in a church. <laughs> so yeah, they had him dancing naked in the front row. They had to reanimate it. Then there was the fly versus fly. Right. Um, obviously, spy versus spy. Uh, nothing to do with the Cronenberg movie. Well, I would say it doesn't have anything um, to do with the Cronenberg movie. It has to do with the original, The Fly, where the guy gets his uh, his body sort of switched. You know, it's not like the hybrid Brundle Fly. Come on, that's true. Yeah, the it was the original <laughs> Fly where the like they actually there's like a little fly with a human head and a a human with. Oh really? With a fly oh, head, yeah. <laughs> but but it is like it's yeah. supposed to be. Like I think the uh, don't the matter transporters like nah they kind of look that might be more uh, from Cronenberg. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that seems Cronenberg. I'm just trying to make Blaine feel better. <laughs> no, I can get everything wrong. That's fine by me. I'll I'll own it. And then there's the Easy Bake Coven, which is about vampires. <laughs> 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 no, it's about it's about witchcraft. Uh, the witchcraft trials. And Marge and at least being called witches, and Marge actually turning out to be a witch, and that's how Halloween got started. Mm. Um, because she goes around and demands children, and instead of getting the children, she gets gingerbread children, 
and she likes the candy. I'm I'm always leery of, and we talked about this when we did Hocus Pocus 11 years ago, but it always seems weird to me when they <laughs> tell stories about the literal Salem witch trials, but then <laughs> have them be witches. And it's like, oh, you're making those horrible, horrible people. Yeah, all those men were on the right side yeah, of history. Yeah, like that, that always <laughs> seems weird. But, uh, but this is a fun yeah. short, though. Yeah, it's fun. I, I feel like it's not as good as Treehouse of Horror 7, but it's 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 still it's still trucking along. And the beginning of 8 is a censor going through the script and, like, crossing out mm-hmm. stuff, which then censors had a real trouble with. <laughs> so they, uh, they were like, you can't stab the censor with a knife, but you can maim him with a cutlass in the back. Oh! Uh, so- <laughs> So they had all that stuff. But it was also, this was the last episode Brad Bird worked on before he went to start working on Iron Giant, which is one of my fave anime Mm. things. Okay, so then we move on to episode nine. We're rounding the bend. We're coming home. Uh, The first uh, section in this is Hell to Pay, uh, which Snake comes back after he gets electrocuted in the chair. My God. And then... Because he's secondhand smoking, or he's smoking inside, and he's not allowed to be, so he gets put to death. And my favorite line from this is, your secondhand smoke will never harm another human being. And then they fry him in the chair, and his smoking, everyone coughs. It's just really macabre, though. And then he comes back to kill Bart through the hair transplant that Homer Simpson gets. Yeah. That's fun. It's a fun one. And and this is a riff on an amazing stories episode that I think has the same name hell to pay hell to pay oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. they just stole awesome <laughs> well it's a good pun i uh i agree with it terror of tiny tune is a kind of pleasantville-esque episode where the kids get sucked into the tv and they are an itchy itchy and scratchy land and i really liked this one because of the like cartoon logic but also because of the kind of TV logic at the end where Bart comes out and he's already been eaten by piranhas before he's been saved by his dad. And uh, Lisa uses the remote to to rewind and reverse the, the effects of the piranhas. And I thought that, I don't know, this like, it's like uh, logic of the whole remote was... It's like funny games. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like funny, funny games. games. I was going to say, I was going to say it really ripped off that movie Click with Adam Sandler, but... Uh, but you got there first with funny, funny. <laughs> Starship Poopers, which is obviously a ripoff of Ghosts on Mars. And it's uh, Maggie is an alien and she gets her first tooth. And uh, it's this whole kind of Jerry Springer episode where either Kang or Kodos, I don't want to be alienist, but uh, one of those guys comes down and he goes on um, Jerry Springer. And they all kind of fight for for Maggie, and Jerry Springer really voiced it, which is which is good of him. I mean, wow, I guess good of him. He got paid. He got paid to do something, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm there. I can be on this huge hit uh, show." Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but this was also the last episode of David S. Cohen before he left to work on um, Futurama. Wow. So his his. His title in this episode is David Go Watch Futurama Cohen. And it was a year before Futurama came out. Mm. It came out the next year. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Matt and then, Groening's spooky nickname was Matt, friends with Jeffrey Epstein Groening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? 
What? You guys haven't seen those pictures? No, no, I haven't. You should probably look that up before you uh, release this podcast so it's not a libel list. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure there were like some pictures of uh, Matt Groening like on a plane bound for like one of those creepy islands. A small island? Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, God. I was kind of in the back of my head watching (laughs) watching all of these episodes. Well, Jesus he, yeah. Christ. He only started The Simpsons. I don't think he wrote very much after. No. You know, no. I think you're yeah. right. And to continue the horribleness, um, there was a, in the, I think in the Starship Poopers one, um, there was a whole Troy McClure scene that had to be reanimated because Phil Hartman died the the earlier in the year. Oh. And so what I, I don't want to go into that whole thing because it's really depressing, but what I learned was which I guess is kind of depressing too because it never happened. But Phil Hartman uh, was buying the rights to Troy McClure from The Simpsons to make a live-action Troy McClure. Yeah, movie. I remember hearing about that. And I'm, I, I, that would have been amazing. Yeah. I feel like we got really robbed from Phil Hartman and the things he was going to do later because the Troy McClure movie would have been, I'm sure, awful in some respects. But it would have been damn funny with Phil Hartman in it. So yeah, I don't know for sure. Uh. Yeah. yeah, I just looked it up. There, yeah, there is a uh, a photo of Matt Groening getting a foot massage from a teen girl on Jeffrey Epstein's. Oh, so dude. Uh, yeah. Damn. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's a good place yeah. to end. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with uh, trivia and some more discussion of Treehouse of Horror after this. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We're back on Rewatchability. We're talking about The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes for Halloween. I've got some trivia questions for you guys. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. Question number one. We didn't really talk about this, but in the first few Halloween episodes, uh, there's like a warning where Marge comes out and warns everybody about the scary content of the show. Uh, and I, I did listen to one of the DVD commentaries and they were saying like, they legitimately put that in, in the first Treehouse of horror because they were worried that kids would be scared. Like, because a lot of the <laughs> yeah. people watching the show were kids. Right. And, uh, and, uh, like there, <laughs> there was a part in the show where like Lisa picks up a, a butcher knife when, when they're all hypnotized by the, by the house. And they're like, Oh yeah, the censors were worried about that. Cause like a kid could totally do that. <laughs> But okay, so that like that uh, scene in the first Treehouse of Horror where Marge comes out from behind some curtains and warns everybody about the content of the episode is a reference to which classic horror movie? Oh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm taking too long. I feel like there should be a timer and we get buzzed out. I think I'd, I'd, I'd be buzzed out. What, what is it? It is movie? the 1931 uh, James Whale Frankenstein. 
Oh, that's really? how it opens. They warned the yeah, audience. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's like <laughs> literally just the same thing happens. There's some curtains and a guy comes out and he's like, you're about to watch Frankenstein and it's really scary. So like, you know, head to the exits now if you don't feel like you're up for it. It's a, it's a great opening. And uh, oh, yeah. that's great. That's kind of like the Coens being like, this is based on a true story or like the found footage films saying, you know, this yeah. is real. This Blair Witch Project yeah. is real. It's like really that. effective with The Simpsons. And I was thinking about it like with the actual level of like you know as i said sort of panic about the simpsons and the sort of the sort of way that you know america sort of reacted to it like gives it like a sort of a punch that it doesn't have otherwise i think mhm yeah and isn't there kind of like a long history of of this with horror movies though like didn't they in advertising The Shining, didn't they say like "Pregnant woman, you can't watch this"? Or like uh, that doesn't sound right. That's something like that. <laughs> it's like, just because Stanley Kubrick <laughs> didn't like pregnant women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the judgmental eyes. Uh, no, but like with the, it was, it was all this press of people like passing out or dying from fright in movies. Well, The Exorcist certainly to, had to, that. Yeah. 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 Okay, which I didn't know how to word this, but like. One of the creators of one of pop culture parodies, one of, one of the creators of the things being parodied in, in an episode we've talked about, was actually a big Simpsons fan in real life. Can you name that person? I'm going to guess Stephen King. Oh. Robert England. Oh, good guesses. They're both through. Well, I, I imagine Stephen King probably is a fan because he, like, he did a cameo. Yeah. Uh, he and likes so did Robert England. That's what yeah, I yeah. Maybe uh, you know there, there's probably a few. I was thinking like Steven Spielberg, probably a Simpson fan. But the one <laughs> we know for sure is uh, Stanley Kubrick, who we were just talking about. What? He nice. hates pregnant pregnant women, but he loves. Uh, no, <laughs> he <laughs> he. According to his friend Michael Hur, who I think uh, wrote Full Metal Jacket with him, he was a big fan of The Simpsons and Seinfeld and Roseanne. Wow. Good picks. Yeah. So uh, so there is a very good chance that Stanley Kubrick himself watched The Shinning. (laughs) And he hated it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My third and final question, which character, you guys are 0 for 2, which character who was introduced in a Treehouse of Horror episode eventually became part of the official Simpsons canon, and I'm not counting Kang and Kodos here, because that one. was stupid. Oh, okay. Wait, isn't it the dog? The, what? The dog on the skateboard? The Poochie? Doesn't he? Yeah, Coochie. Isn't he Poochie? No, I think this was after the Poochie episode. I'm saying which, which uh, character okay. was introduced in a Treehouse of Horror, and they later brought into the regular Simpsons universe. Okay, I can answer this. The answer is... Uter, yep. and he's introduced in the uh, Terror at Five and a Half Feet episode. You know, he gets referred to as the German exchange student, and uh, he uh, shares his uh, flavor stick with Bart. That's <laughs> Would you You're like exactly a lick right. of my flavor stick? <laughs> <laughs> and he's a, he he, yeah. he he gets turned into Wiener Schnitzel, doesn't he? Uter yeah. Schnitzel, or what? You could even <laughs> say we ate Uter, <laughs> and he's in our stomachs right yeah. now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he's in he's in like the regular uh, show too. Like he's in the one with the uh, the hockey team. Homer snaps a wet towel at him. Yeah, so that I mean that suggests that all these non canonical episodes are connected 
to mm. the real Simpsons world or that like it's a portal from which people can pass from one frame of existence to another. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all about Uter. I, 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 <laughs> Uter is the connector. I don't have much more behind the scenes stuff because I think we've probably talked about mostly all of it. The only thing I wanted to mention that I, that I thought... Yeah. And I think you ruined The Simpsons for everyone with that Matt groaning, craning. <laughs> well, you're right. I I don't think I don't know how much of of it he had to do with as it went on. Like it's got his look, and like he you know created the show. But so many of the writers that came in, I think, took it to a different place. So oh, it's yeah. okay. We don't yeah. we don't have to cancel The Simpsons. Uh, I don't okay. think. Well, don't even know. like watching these, like all the names, like, yeah, like Conan O'Brien, Brad Bird, Greg Daniels, who did like The Office and King of the Hill, David S. Cohen, who did Futurama, like all those people were there on the, the good episodes. And, uh, you know, it really shows like there's. Continuity. Yeah, yeah, totally. But the, the one thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was funny was I guess there was like, I mean, there was an initial backlash when The Simpsons first came out. Like you said, like a lot of parents were uh, iffy about their kids watching it. I think partly because of like the character of Bart and like the bad language that he used is my memory of it. Mm -hmm. But then even a few years later, which I didn't really realize, there was still this kind of... uh, controversy surrounding it where i guess uh parents groups were like uh launching boycotts of the shows and uh, uh, this was in 1994 so i'm talking about the fifth halloween special this would have been the uh sixth season of the show they were still dealing with this and apparently like a few members of congress had like making made statements against the show so like they they even do a joke about that this is the episode with the shinning mm-hmm. and marge when she comes out for her warning she says something specifically about like congress has actually canceled our show tonight and replaced it with a glenn ford movie and right cut to that uh but that was actually a reference to like a real thing where people in congress had complained about specifically the violence in the show which is funny to think about so uh, what happened was the showrunner at the time david merkin as as a kind of act of defiance uh made that halloween episode the one where willie keeps getting attacked (laughs) to the back the most violent episode of the simpsons yet (laughs) like there's there's even like that tag at the end where the the gas turns people inside out like it is oh my god it is bloodier than than most of the other ones (laughs) that have come before uh, so I thought that was funny. Just out of petty revenge, <laughs> he just made it <laughs> as violent as possible. And, and also, like I guess the big thing that the parents' groups were complaining about was Itchy and Scratchy, and they wanted The Simpsons to stop putting Itchy and Scratchy cartoons in the show um, because how violent they were. So in the same season, we got the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode, where right. <laughs> which has like as much Itchy and Scratchy as possible. Again, just like out of uh, just out of abject stubbornness. That's great! Wow. That's awesome. uh, so yeah, yeah, it makes you have respect for for the writers of the show. That's totally. Uh, well, that's pr- sticking it to the man. That's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, we've talked about most of it. It, it is a a pop cultural institution that is still going. Uh, I mean, quickly before we wrap up, do you guys have any memories of anything you specifically liked or didn't like about some of the Treehouse of Horror episodes that happened after this? 
You know, I think for me, my Treehouse of Horror knowledge drops off pretty quickly after the uh, after the tenth season. Like, I'm not sure if I went back and watched some of those ones, I might remember some of the episodes, but um, I can't think of any bits or memorable um, parodies that I didn't see rewatching this bunch. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I stopped watching after, I think, season seven or, or eight, um, which is why I wanted to take the last three just to be able to watch some more Simpsons that I'd never seen. Um, but yeah, I think I, you know. Yeah. I felt like I aged out of it or something, even though I like I like it now and it's, it's kind of for adults in a way. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I've seen like most of the ones for the first few years after, but like the one in the 10th one that came after was like, the one that had Lucy Lawless playing herself and like comic book guy right. kidnaps her. And it's, it's weird. Uh. And then like a, a couple of years later in the 12th one, they did, they did that Harry Potter parody. And that's, I think that's, that was the point where I was, I was pretty done with it. Even though I've definitely seen mm. Several of the episodes afterwards, they did the one where Homer clones himself. They, yeah, there's a whole multiplicity thing the year after that. Oh. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, it, it definitely seemed to. I, I, I think I, I did read somewhere like that some of the writers were considering not going forward with it, but it had become such a tradition that they were kind of strong armed into into keeping the tradition going uh i mean I they it did... takes a lot more work because they have to redesign all these characters yeah and it's a real hassle and even like the new yeah like if they're you know setting it somewhere different you have to have new backgrounds and character designs yeah it does seem like a lot of work you have like to sacrifice I... a goat <laughs> and they did away with some of the things <laughs> that they did find to be too much work like uh on one of the commentaries they were saying like doing the joke names for the tombstones in the opening was like a lot of work to come up with. So they, you know, they got rid of that and just had uh totally different openings with, you know, characters or like that sensor thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you, you can feel the show changing from like, a thing born out of love of like, you know, old EC comics, horror anthology stories, uh, you know, this thing that they wanted to do with, with the fresh property and like, yeah, something that became a, a, a tradition that they were kind of locked into and, and maybe not, not loving so much, even like the Kang and Kodos thing. Like that was another thing I heard them talk about was like, they, at some points didn't even remember that Kang and Kodos were supposed to be in every episode. And that's why in certain stories, like they're just kind of shoehorned in for one quick scene, because again, they have to kind of tick that box because it's, it's a thing that people have come to expect. Right. Uh, which is sad, but then again, there are some great early episodes, which we've <laughs> talked about. Uh, so maybe let's go around and decide whether they were rewatchable. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, these are some of my favorite episodes still. Admittedly, it was a bit much to watch them all in a row, because I think I watched nine episodes of uh, <laughs> Treehouse of Horrors in a row, wow. and uh, that Jeez. was maybe a bit much. But most of them did <laughs> hold up. I mean, 
I really like The Simpsons as, you know, like I said, like this sort of company that can sort of retell these stories. And also like The Simpsons, I think what was really great of it about it was that it sort of introduced this um, this sort of humor to our generation that was like full of references, that was like very smart, that, you know, was cultured and, you know, really got a kick out of, you know, just sort of like reaching into the sort of pop culture grab bag and sort of like pulling something out. And you know, like we said, you didn't necessarily need to know it for it to make an impression when you watched it as a kid. But uh, when you're older, I mean, it really does sort of like cement its place within like the greater pop culture zeitgeist that it sort of, you know, brings all of these things together in a really neat way. So I really think these episodes hold up. Like, there are a lot of... Every show does a Halloween episode. Lots of shows have a Halloween tradition. Lots of them do weird things and go into non-canonical places and make, you know, their main characters vampires or kill their main characters and do things like that. But The Simpsons, it managed to do it, especially in these, like, first ten seasons in a way that was, like, really entertaining. It sort of raised the show up in, in a way and made it very enjoyable so yeah these are totally rewatchable i they will remain a part of my halloween tradition and my uh you know my simpsons watching tradition like when i go back every seven or so years and watch the simpsons i will of course watch the treehouse of horror episodes because uh they're a treat so yeah rewatchable blaine Blaine, what about you (laughs) yeah they're rewatchable jam Perfect. No, I I, I, I like them. I, I'm going to watch more of them, I think. I'm going to see where oh, they okay. go. Next year uh, we can do yeah. seasons 10 through 20. Uh, mm. Maybe no one wants that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I quite enjoy them, and, and it's, a, it's a fun little thing to do before Halloween. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're great. My opinion of, of loving them has not changed. I, I, I will say, like, I I was surprised by when I actually went back and revisited them, you know, in a place where I I was thinking about them. Like I said, those things that I thought were like kind of quantifiably uh, what changed about them or what became not as good weren't the case. Like I said, you know, like the the way they became hyper-specific parodies and like often not horror, like those were always part of the show. But I think if we're pinpointing a thing that changed, I think it is that, that sense of like affection that went into them. Like there, there was a kind of like, you know, giddy thrill. uh, You could sense that the writers were feeling when they made some of those early episodes because Mm -hmm. they were going to these genre places that, you know, 90% of their job didn't allow them to do. And I, yeah, I, I, man, I think they're great. And they are a part of our Halloween childhood, right? Yeah. Like, for sure. There are great pumpkin, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I feel confident that they will stand the test of time. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg joke aside, uh, <laughs> in terms yeah. of like, you know, uh, showing them like to my kids one day and like keeping that tradition going going i i mean you know when we talked about being disappointed by future episodes one thing that kept happening that continues to happen i think is the shows the halloween episodes were premiering actually after halloween right like i remember remember. that became a real drag 
Yeah. Where it was like, what are we, you know, what are we even doing here? <laughs> the show's coming out on like November fifth or whatever. So yeah, I, I mean, it became this kind of like perfunctory thing that that maybe no one was enjoying. But going back and looking at those classic episodes was a real treat. I think everyone should do it if if you feel the urge. It's a fun way to spend your Halloween. And thank you all for spending your Halloween week with us. Yeah. Uh, happy Halloween Thanks. to everybody. If you're in the USA, go out and vote. Yes. Or, you know. For Kang. If you're if you're anywhere that can vote and there's a vote coming up, <laughs> yeah. vote. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, do mm-hmm. it. It's, it's part of being yeah. alive. And thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find more of us on whatever podcast device you're using. If it's Apple Podcasts, please rate us. You can find us on Twitter at Rewatchability, Facebook, facebook.com slash Rewatchability. And until next time, we don't have a catchphrase. I... <laughs> no, we don't have a catchphrase. Until next time, that catchphrase. We the balcony <laughs> is closed? Is that what we say? No. 